Welcome to the Peach Pit Fitness Podcast, part of the Think Fit, Be Fit Podcast Network, where we put the power of dynamic fitness back in your hands one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the Peach Pit. Hello, Peach Pit fans. Hello, Meredith. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. Hi, hi, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, you are our third guest on Peach Pit. So welcome. Ooh, I didn't even <laughs> realize that. That's awesome. Okay, number three. Like yes. It. <laughs> yes. It's um, usually a sacred space for Meredith and I to <laughs> air out a our therapy issues session. With the industry. We love it. We love it. <laughs> But, you know, there's no, there'll probably be no shortage of that today, but, you know, just welcome and we're so glad to have you. Yes. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Excited to be here. (laughs) And I think um, a great place to start is just Mm -hmm. like your introduction and then we can get into like why we thought this would be a great conversation to have. Um, So I'm Rachel uh, Garvin-Williams, you want the full name. Um, (laughs) They, them pronouns, um, and I have been a trainer for just about 10 years now, personal trainer for just about 10 years, um, both in D.C. and then now in Richmond um, under my own fitness company now of Yes And Fitness, being a lot of specializing in corrective exercise and specialty movements and lifting. Um, And then as my hobby, like I do compete in Olympic lifting and recreationally run when I decide to (laughs) idea. (laughs) But yeah. That's me in a short nutshell. <laughs> yes. I mean, I would add a couple things to that because I've known you for so long, <laughs> but you know, um, you're also like one of the first guests on the Think Fit Be Fit podcast <gasps> ever. So, you know, shout out to sister brother Think Fit Be Fit. <laughs> yes. Hey, we, you know, I yeah, I love I will talk about squats and bodies all day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and speaking of squats and bodies, um, we decided to have this conversation because um, there, there is hopefully a new trend in fitness, which is focusing on or welcoming gender neutral ideas and spaces for fitness lovers or even newbie fitness enthusiasts. Or <laughs> and you know, part of uh, this podcast is to really talk about trends. And sometimes that's, that's veered us into the direction of you should always do this and male bodies do this and female bodies do this. And, and now we're kind of making a a, a different turn in this, in this uh, fitness space and saying, what is special uh about gender neutral fitness why it should be a trend and why you know what can we do to talk about it make it more common knowledge and for me personally i would love to be less clumsy in my use <laughs> of pronouns and you know i mean i i, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions so here for the, here for the. <laughs> good um so let's start with I think the the elephant in the room, which I is like, you know, how do we 
be less clumsy when approaching a general de- gender. <laughs> <laughs> See? See, that was clumsy as that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You planned that. You totally planned that. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I think a lot of it is also a, even this moment right now, right? A sincerity of it. There's sincerity and like not knowing a thing and being willing to go, I don't know this. What's the correct answer? Um, I think that goes, sincerity goes a very long way in things or genuinely taking the time to ask someone. Like they think there is this mystification that we have to somehow know all the answers um and we forget that even you know with working with like folks with disabilities or whatever we can just ask a question of someone to be like what works for you um and it's you know it's little things like that that make it less clumsy of being that you know trying being like oh okay um and then knowing right you're doing the work on your own end versus someone else's end but like asking that question of like what would you prefer i use because some people's pronouns are also depend on the space they're in that's interesting um, you know, so it's a lot of like, sometimes you'll see like intake forms will have the pronouns. Um, a lot of the language has shifted to, and like I've seen in a lot of things and I've shifted it myself to say, what are pronouns you're comfortable using in this space? Mm-hmm. Um, some individuals, it may depend on the space where they're comfortable or who they're around, what they're comfortable using. Otherwise, you know, there is something to, they'll sometimes keep safer pronouns that are like, oh, people in my life don't know I'm out or this way, or this space is, you know, not safe. So I'd be, I'm going to be, you know, please refer to me this way. But if we're one-on-one, it's this. Um, and that sometimes goes, you know, a little bit of a long way with that. So there is, I think, like anything approached from, you know, sincerity and try, you know, that space always, even clumsy, comes out right and comes out better than not. That's good to know. That's that's helpful for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, where, you know, where are you on your journey of blending fitness and coming out and, you know, um, having non-binary, like, yeah. you know, as part of your identity? Yeah, it's, um, it's been definitely, I think it's, as you like, with everyone's story is different. Like a lot of mine is like things I knew and was aware of. And it took a while. Um, like it took me a while even to find with, you know, beyond gender identity, but sexuality of saying like, I pansexual, meaning like I was into everyone. I did marry a man, um, but who was bisexual, but you know, it was yeah. that for me was like finding that discovery, but it was also, I've never liked gender. Things have always rubbed me the wrong way. And it was just taking a while to figure that out. And I think there is such a fun space that's existed in the world now that allows it's okay to not fit those categories. It's okay to find a term. It's okay to not find a term. Um, and so for a while I was floating in what I would just kind of call that gender queer space of like, I don't know what exactly this is. Um, so my pronouns for a while shifted to she, they, and being like, I kind of flip between both um, of definitely, I am more female presenting. That is how I am present. That's where I compete as in female weight categories. Um, but it was kind of over the last few years just for myself deciding to give permission that it's okay that at 34 to be like, yeah, you know what, this is, I am non-binary and I like that um, of just kind of flitting between the middle. And so that's been interesting on a fitness journey of being in a competitive sport that is gendered. Um, There's not exactly a non-binary category in weightlifting. Um, So it's kind of just been sticking with what I know, which is the weight categories I know are on that female side of the scale versus the male side of the scale. Um, and that's, you know, just, I think in a smaller competitions, like can, they will sometimes have non-binary categories, but for a lot of weightlifting, it is by gender and then by weight class, um, you know? And so it's, 
there's not that, but some races have started having non-binary categories. So I ran an 8K in the fall with a friend of mine just casually, and there was a non-binary category. And it was like, that's nice. Like that's felt very fun to just have that space to be like, oh, I don't have to be like this or that. It can be, you know, this middle ground. Um, so for me, it's been a lot of being, um, I think it fell into my fitness journey as well of being like, I don't have to, fitness doesn't have to be one thing. It doesn't have to look one way. And on that same scale of like gender doesn't have to look one way or be one way. And I think that's been a huge, where this has come into fitness more is we're at that cross section where a lot of people are with anti-diet culture and getting rid of fat phobia and fitness as you've had this fitness doesn't have to be a scale or a number. And so you've had this opening up of like, it can encompass a whole lot of things. Someone can come in just to get stronger. We don't have to worry about getting smaller or shrinking ourselves. Um, and so I think as I was kind of going through, what does fitness look like for me as I'm getting into my thirties and beyond versus you know gender? Yeah. <laughs> That's so refreshing. I mean, it's so, I, it, you know, when you're talking about it in the fitness space and how we've had these ideas of what fitness has to mean, and relating that to gender. And um, I just feel like it's so open and fresh, like uh, with fitness for sure. And and also for anybody who wants to explore like, mm -hmm. the boxes that we kind of just find ourselves in, <laughs> um, you know, without, without having ever questioned it unless we have. And uh, so I think that that's just such a, a great perspective to think about how those are related. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. <laughs> Yes, it was. Um, yeah, the, I, I like the the refreshing take on, you know, uh, bodies in general. I think that's one of the things we really bonded over way back when anyways. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, I, I think you and I have bonded over a frustration of uh, sport being, you know, just trying to force things into boxes and yeah. you know and we <laughs> and and you helping me with my uh with an olympic weightlifting journey um and we we had so many conversations about anatomy and mm -hmm. why you know sometimes my anatomy might be tough for certain parts of a lift and why i can't you know follow that cookie cutter a program of, you know, land like this, explode like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what a, it's interesting, circuitous <laughs> thing we're doing here. <laughs> it circles back around. <laughs> um, it all comes back around. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, I didn't even know that they had non-binary categories in, in races and in, um, and weightlifting in certain yeah, uh, competitions. That's a very cool thing. And I wonder if you, do you feel mm -hmm. like that that's sort of the future? Because I do feel like there's so much strife right now over mm -hmm. how transgender athletes should mm -hmm. compete. And um, I know a lot of people feel very, it's a heated debate for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, <sighs> it's, but that's such a, a nice way of, or um, nice. Uh, it, it just seems like it's very welcoming. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. very like you can choose how you want to compete. It doesn't yeah, mean you can't compete or yeah. Correct. Yeah, it's it's definitely like I think having a non-binary category fits for those individuals, and it doesn't always solve. Right. Um, sure. There's also a call like in some federations to say, well, what if you just made it all weight classes? Mm. Like, gender out of it because we also and this is like i know jen jen and i've gone on these discussions deeply of we often limit afab assigned female at birth people by saying oh you can only get this strong when that's very much incorrect it's just mm -hmm. there's 
to training and equipment. So what happens if you kind of open up weight categories? But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, with transgender athletes and non-binary athletes, like there's a lot of folks that want to put transgender athletes in a non-binary category, which oh, is okay. not helpful for those transgender individuals because they've told you that very female or a male right. or a non-binary individual is kind of like, well, not really in either of those categories. Gotcha. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, back and forth in a lot of the communities of what fits. Um, and a lot of it is just getting to that acceptance space in sports. Um, I think for a lot of people don't realize how long the Olympics have allowed transgender athletes to compete. It's been since the early 2000s. Um, we know yeah. about the athletes. There have been a lot of athletes that are not out. Um, and a lot of those hormone restrictions are actually more limited for even AFAB females. Um, there's Castor Nevins can't compete in the Olympics because her natural testosterone is too high compared to the Olympics mm-hmm. for hormones. She's not transgender. But she can't. Compete. But her, but just naturally, genetically, her hormone the levels, her testosterone level is too high. So they yep. do actually test Olympic yep. athletes, and if they fall outside of, even if it's their genetic, correct. Like, wow, yeah, I didn't this know is that. a highly controversial topic. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> it it has um because that doesn't seem. It, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't it, know. <laughs> it has uh it narrows the category of female male and it has leaned towards certain gender uh genders um races mm-hmm. as far okay. as like as like who has too much testosterone oh, and right. it's, and is not allowed um, to compete. So could somebody take something then to to They have they'll often say that, that? Like Caster Nevins they've told her to suppress her hormones but you're currently asking a woman to suppress her natural right you know because it's and it's not fair yeah and a lot of it is the olympics made the category like too limited because like you know bodies have testosterone in them like afab bodies have testosterone in them um so you have afab hold on what is uh, assigned uh so a lot of terms you can use afab is assigned female at birth and then you have amab which is assigned male at birth okay which is a way to kind of quantify because you will have non-binary athletes that compete in cross sports and things like that so sometimes people will be like assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth to kind of create a understanding of the anatomy or base anatomy you're working with, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Which comes into play, I would say, very little in fitness, as a lot of people try and make it a big deal. And it's like bodies are all different at the base level. <laughs> sure, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so when you look at categories like the Olympics have allowed transgender athletes for a very long time. Um, we've only recently started caring. You've only recently started having athletes be more out. Uh, okay you know and it's, so yeah before they were competing uh, transgender athletes were competing but we but the, but that wasn't necessarily a, a publicly known thing so people weren't so up in arms about it or whatever they their opinions about yeah. it were didn't matter because they were competing and you didn't even know it yep and okay. it's okay. And it's also a fascinating thing of right now you have a lot of these arguments um about transgender women who again we all went through puberty. Um, that is what going on hormones is. It is going through puberty all over again, entirely. So you lose everything <laughs> through all the hormone fun all over again. Wow. That is what it, it's, it's, it sucks. Um, but we're not, no one talks about transgender men that are winning in sports. Um, we talk about uh, women who have changed talk to about transgender men women who are winning. Right. Okay. Um, we talk about that. And there's often not right. also, we also assume women are weaker. So it's always that quantifier. Um, so never in the conversation, do we include transgender men in sports? That are women. Mm-hmm. We right. always kind of quantify it as, oh, the weaker. Um, gotcha. So it's like, 
cross mix. But yeah, it makes for as sports are trying to figure out what fits and what creates equality, it kind of is having your male, female, non-binary categories. And kind of for folks to try and figure out where that fits for them, you know, and, and because a lot of athletic sports have switched to, oh, we'll just put all transgender athletes in a non-binary category, mm. which is denying who they are on that hand. So right. it, it's a lot of like sitting and going, okay, but it's also on that same vein of like talking where fitness is that is saying that women, you know, AFAB, female, you know, naturally born females are also stronger than we think. And we never accept that. We just assume they're naturally weaker and slower. So they have because to- they so often haven't had the same resources and haven't been pushed in the same way that men have and had the same like it's cool or it's great <laughs> if you want to explore that and get as strong as you possibly can. I think that that's so interesting. Yeah. We just we think that it's like a causative thing. Like just because you are female, just definitely means that you are going to be weaker. When yeah, I think that that's a fascinating yeah. aspect of things too. There's an interesting parallel here to youth sports Mm -hmm. and age brackets. So like, let's say Meredith and I were born in the same year, but like six months apart. When we were 13, that is a huge, you know, huge difference, like huge difference, um, uh, potentially in skill and coordination, emotional, like maturity mm-hmm. and you have these two kids you know just narrowed into this group on age and birthday alone and you're potentially holding back young uh younger kids basically who may be advanced or the, being the best well with the uh, the best environment being everybody competes on the same like level like you group people based on their ability and awareness of the game so in a team sport like that's really important so yeah i I don't and i see so much like from my time like working in sports like i see so much benefit to getting rid of age birthday brackets so i think there could be a parallel Mm -hmm. you know conversation um with younger athletes and like you know, just, yeah, different sports and taking away that bracket yeah. and look at, yeah. I mean, what would, I think that would do a lot for women's um, mm-hmm. advancement. I think, you know, I think, I, I think if you put them in the, if, if you put these, you know, main genders, I guess, in the same, in the same like yeah. competitive environment, I think you could get some, some outliers there that would, you wouldn't have gotten otherwise yeah. and have advancements for them versus, and I don't know. Anyways, that's just a parallel that came up in my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's a lot of room for that. And I've I was I grew up when I went to middle school. There was a girl that competed in wrestling. There was no female wrestling, so mm-hmm. she was on the men's team. But she also would experience people, and she was a very good wrestler. But she would also deal often deal with wrestlers did not want to wrestle her. Mm-hmm. There was a girl in my high school that was on the men's wrestling team, yeah. and um, she was also in my weightlifting class. And she, I mean, she was strong. She could bench like a 135 in high school. And I was like, wow. Um, and, but I, but I, I, I would, I, you know, if I still was knew her, had a, a, you know, I would be so curious to hear what her experience, because when I was in high school, I didn't think anything about it other than, oh, she just wrestles yeah. on the men's team because there isn't a women's team. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
but I wonder what that experience was like for her. And yeah, it's it's very fascinating. I have a friend whose daughter is playing football, and like she's still playing football, like on the on the teams, and like in middle through into middle school, like um, is on the football team playing. She loves it, and it's great. And it was like, but you know, her mom is also worried. Like, when does that stop? When does she? When is she no longer going to be allowed on the football team? Right. Mm. Because she, you know that is like we're not. You know, they'll sometimes bring on female uh, soccer players to kick <laughs> to be on a football team. And be oh like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But very rarely do you see if you know females invited to be on the football team, like in other positions aside from kicker. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering where. <sighs> Yeah, let's take that. Let's let's not go down that road. Um, <laughs> I know there's like so, so many different. Yeah, things. There's, 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 there's so exciting, there's, like are interesting to explore because like I'm like, yeah, well, why why is that? Yeah. Is it because they've reached a certain because they're now past puberty and it's just seen as like they're going to get injured more readily, or it's because it's, of the it's, camaraderie yeah, it's, of the men and they're like, there's a woman here and we don't like that we can't have a woman in our locker room or we can't have a woman in our yeah i I mean i have a i have a client that is a wide receiver coach um you know and in virginia (laughs) basically high school football is pretty big around here and you'll have wide receiver coaches just like a college team right it's not just like (laughs) three dads hanging out right right um and yeah he had he had a he had a female on the squad and but turns out she was looking for male attention wasn't there to play so <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah, um, yeah i think it's it all fits into that like this gender spectrum and like what we have this we've not really paid attention to the differences of it over mm-hmm. the i think it's very recent thing just that, accepted it yeah yeah we've just been like all right this is what it is and so like more yeah. Fitness, especially as fitness has gotten into these other realms of being like, it doesn't have to be weight centric or, you know, this perfect body centric that you can just have other goals. I think it's opened the doors just to the conversations finally about gender to say, oh, we've been purposely stereotyped and categorizing and missed all along that we don't exactly have all the answers. You have women winning 100 mile races or ultras, like outright winning the race, not just like. Mm-hmm. Because the women are endurance athlete, but like we're now finally seeing people test that and go, oh, we have sports all wrong. We have what fitness is a little backwards. And so it's you have this space finally for other other genders because to excel in sports and be involved in sports. What if I told you the biggest thing standing in the way of peak performance is potentially something as simple as changing how you breathe? We at Think Fit Be Fit rely on science for new ways to optimize performance. That's why we've partnered with NeuroPeak Pro and their new product, the Entel Belt. NeuroPeak has developed the next generation of wearable tech. This belt is a real-time training device designed to teach users how to breathe properly in order to strengthen their resilience to stress, recover quickly, and effectively execute the task in front of them. If you're ready to begin unleashing the true power of breath, Download the free NeuroPeak Pro app to experience their precision breath training or dive deeper into the science of breath training by visiting thinkfitbefitpodcast.com slash NPP. Your best training is a breath away. You know, we know there's high barriers for (laughs) fitness in, in so many forms. Like on this podcast, we've talked about you know, um, some gyms 
just not being super welcoming to people of various sizes. And I've seen on like my gyms, like Instagram, um, the owner like reprimanding people for like taking pictures of overweight folks and like making them feel uncomfortable in various ways. And he's like, no, we don't do that here. Like, this is not, this is not that kind of place at all. That's just one example of a high barrier. There's high barriers. You know, we, last episode, we talked about the high barriers to women being uh, changed dramatically um, just a, you know, number of decades ago Mm -hmm. in our lifetime. And, you know, so what, where, where are the high barriers now for those who are gender neutral, uh, trans, non-binary, you know, what, what's going to keep them out of a place to work on their body in a productive way, like a gym? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is that sense of community. Cause you also even get that, um, with race, um, and a difference of a very, you know, and it's, so it's, it is that sense of if that feels like a community space and if Face that you are always going to feel comfortable in a space that has someone who looks like you or seems like mm. you. That's always going to immediately create a comfort zone of this feels like me. And I think you often see it a lot, right? In gym culture, you will see a lot of very white gyms. And it's not mm. that they're racist and they might be very anti-racist in all their messaging, but if there's no like there's not that sense of community, that same thing is also will happen with the queer community is that often they're going to go to a place that feels welcoming. They know people there, they know someone else who looks like them there. Um, is a big barrier of like that visibility. Um, so it's also for gyms is visibility and hiring practices and making, you know, a clear, you know, not token hiring. Um, <laughs> everyone knows when you're being tokened, uh, but making it a, this is an accepting uh, place in terms of like lingo on forms, forms for employment or in- intake forms of like, do you have pronoun accepting pronoun language on there? Are your forms talking about gender things? Um, you know, are you looking to work on X? A lot of gyms have that entry form that is like, oh, what are you looking to work on? Um, and it's d- targeted towards gender versus why are you here? Mm. And so it's that space of does it feel comfortable, but it is also that visibility of action. Um, I will say that like for me, I'm whenever I travel, I'm looking for a gym. Like I know how I'm going to dress based on what type of gym I'm going to. There are gyms that I'm going to be much more comfortable being myself and wearing pride gear that I know or have a lot of like, even if it is slightly rainbow washing, but at least they're talking against legislation. Like right now, Virginia, they keep trying to pass a lot of anti-trans legislation or LGBTQIA plus issues. A gym that is being like, I don't even care for losing other members. We care. We actually stand against these things that we're, you know, we're here for you. That makes a lot of difference to be comfortable in a space um, versus a gym that is has a lot of pictures of their clients and like half, you know, bodies everywhere, you know, talking like they have the joke bathroom signs of like, I think there was one gym I was at in Virginia Beach that it's like the snatches is the female bathroom. Um, oh my gosh. It's like, <laughs> wow. Really? Face palm yes. emoji. Wow. That's, <laughs> like, that's fun. Um, just gonna, like anytime I've kind of just gone there, it's just been like, I am just gonna headphones in from the whole experience. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's also like, you know, there is that visibility of the space, you know, what, you know, does the space look like? And like, yes, sure, sometimes you have that issue of pride washing where a company is like, well, for the month of June, we've got a pride flag up and that's it. Um, but someone who has it year round, 
um, is going to make a difference that you are standing by that the whole year um, that you are elevating, you know, those trainers and you are finding people that look like each other, recognizing that space. Um, so the gym I work out of because I rent a space to train. We have a private studio upstairs. So I also know that I'm bringing in someone who is insecure in fitness in their body that I can have that space for just us one on one. I can ask that no one else come into that space because we're trying to figure it out. So a lot of it is on like language inclusivity and it doesn't necessarily mean immediately everyone flocks, <laughs> mm. but it is, is it comfortable? And is it also everyone's on board with that? Is it all the other trainers in the space are also on board with asking pronouns, even if they're not training a client that is, but just checking in to be like, oh, what are your pronouns? Um, you know, that makes a big, a big difference. And I train a few transgender clients and I can tell you that a time that a client made a comment to me, but loud enough for my client to hear it by saying like, wow, she's a really good boxer, made my client's day being that she she was presenting as female in a gym, like still working out in a gym. And it was that other trainer knowing the pronouns and knowing the way to, you know, how she, that made that day. And that immediately made her more comfortable with other people in the space um, because everyone was involved in that. Like, oh, this feels comfortable and this feels fun. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work on the end of a gym. It's a lot of work on the end of trainers to create that space. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just, yeah, I was thinking as a business owner, I was like, okay, gotta add something to my forms <laughs> minimum here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm such you know, a, yeah. a, I'd like to customize everything. So I don't see many more changes for my business, but definitely the forms and, and yeah, just seeing what, how that comes up with people. Um, because when I first meet someone, I'm asking them a lot of, I'm asking them <laughs> yep. to go deep with me mm -hmm. on many subjects. So yeah, it's, I think, yeah, I think it depends on the situation, but like, if you've got forms that are like, what pronouns do you want me to use? You know, are you comfortable using in my space? You know, what, you know, that goes a long way. I, you know, um, obviously there's sometimes that we have to sign legal forms with like mm. legal names, but also leave space for a name you'd like to call, you know, nickname or name you'd mm. like to call you it makes a difference because sometimes people have to have, they have to sign the legal name that is not their name. Um, so giving them a space to write, to sign that, but also write in, here's what I would like you to call me creates that space or like even, you know, for Jen, for you, it's, it's talking about the body and muscle ways takes out that this is, you know, gender language about the body. At the end of the day, a body, we got muscles, we got tendons, <laughs> ligaments, we got bones, you know, all of these things that we can kind of refer to and just kind of creating that space and language. And that's where a lot of folks have used the AFAB um, and AMAB terms um, so that if I still need to know if my clients on their cycle, or dealing with that type of thing that makes a difference in training around a cycle um, so that I'm prepared for, but we don't need to talk about it because I know that that's gonna feel very disconnected for them to have that cycle in those times, but I know that they're gonna have it, which is still affects training and strength training, whether someone's on hormones or not, but that kind of comes up, but it's, it's creating that open space for language. And I think in fitness, it's having the conversations that are better anyway to have, which is what are your goals? Mm taking it away from that scale or taking away from the assumption of someone wants their body to look one way or the other. Um, for a lot of folks that is that getting in the gym and now, or I will find for transgender clients, there is that desire to say, have a, I would like, you know, more of a feminine shape, or I would like to build up my chest um, because not everyone has access to gender affirming care. So we can do that with fitness, but it's creating that space to say, great, let's have that 
conversation, you know, let's have that, what do you want to work on and give them that space to say, here's what I want to work on and not have to me impose like, oh, well, I think we should do X, Y, Z, or I think it should be this way if that you're involved in this as much as I am. Have you had a positive response from some of your marketing in this realm? I have, yes. I mean, it was definitely, I was, when I started doing the class, which we paused and like um, the class I'm leading, we paused until August, um, but it was immediately a lot of response, even for people that couldn't do it, but just a space that was going to be solely this inclusive space. Um, I think there is often this, we want everything to be accessible, but sometimes we need to close, have these closed in spaces that can just be these conversations that I, the, the folks in this class can have these conversations around each other and they all know they're within that community and they all know that that's staying in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think you, like you were saying, I mean, you just don't, it, it's so nice to have a closed space like that. It can be so scary for anyone, you know, to go into a gym that they, that where they don't know the people and they don't, they feel like they might, they're getting stared at or that, you know what I mean? And they might not be even the case, but like, sometimes we just all feel nervous. And so when you're, yeah, I could definitely see how that would be so helpful to have like some classes that are just very specific to, um, transgender, non-binary people. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it creates a space, right? I mean, I've I have always had a fitness philosophy that's um, sure I love having clients that last for a while, but I'm also always okay with a client that I'm training to go into the gym by themselves. Um, and so that class is very much designed on like circuit based, but I can teach you a lot of things that when you are comfortable to go into a gym that you feel confident that you don't really have to worry about asking someone a question if you're not comfortable, but right. go in and be there. Um, but also inviting in like we're looking at fitness gear and what do we wear in a, in a gym. If it's a wide range, and so giving permission to be like, this is also a space where you can figure out what you want to wear to the gym. We're going to be comfortable with you, but it's going to take a bit to figure out what do you want, what do you want to work out in, what do you want to wear yeah. to, because that increase. Mm. Um, because also you have spaces where folks um, might be using binders um, for their, you know, so giving them a space that they can choose to not wear the binder to work out, um, but a lot of them will work out in it because again, they don't if they don't want a, ch- a chest binder. Um, so oh, okay that sorry <laughs> by holding the breasts down so they're not visible um so that's mm-hmm. giving that space of like that changes how we're going to move that day because that is a compression mm-hmm. um, the compression piece on um but also some folks don't want to work out with that on but that definitely means a really secure space for them that feels comfortable mm-hmm. for that okay to not wear that what are your thoughts on like gender neutral locker rooms? I think they're great. (laughs) I think it's also in general, I mean, for the most part, aside from I would say you're like, you know, senior citizens that are very comfortable in their bodies wandering around a locker room um, (laughs) in any gym. I find that in any gym, no matter the gym, (laughs) there's always folks of certain age that are, you know what? I hope to be them. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it it creates a sp- I think it creates a much better space in a gym anyway, because you also just have this like if it goes in like you're just designed to go in a locker room and change, go to the bathroom and shower, move on. Like if you just have a space of like there are some facilities that have the like separate showers that like lock that you can change shower and like then get back out and it was like that is so much better than what i even called like the open stall showers where we just have a flimsy mm. barely working for any of us um <laughs> like and so i think it creates a just more privacy in general that a lot of people want yeah um, yeah 
and a lot of people desire to just have a little bit of a separate space. Um, I think it it creates a much more open. There was a theater I went to in um, Seattle that the way they did their bathrooms, they just decide they said one of them was like just stalls, stalls and urinals, and no anyone could use either bathroom. It was just letting you know that if you wanted a urinal, go this way. If you didn't care, either option works. Um, and so I think it might be a space, and it also just from running a gym. Having bathrooms, changing rooms, showers, separate facilities will smooth so many things over. Because mm-hmm. uh, the backup of locker room and like dealing with locker rooms and towels and trying to find <laughs> all of that, um, I think if it actually would simplify a lot of like gym management facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, like going to like a hip restaurant or like a club. Mm-hmm. The bathrooms are interesting because the they're they're all going towards gender neutral, where you just have yes. like the sinks in one room and mm-hmm. the mirrors, mm-hmm. and then separate stalls. Like, yep. yeah, I was I staying think, at a hotel recently yeah. where it was like the bathrooms were just it's just that any human, <laughs> any human can go. And they were all you know individual bathrooms, but it's like that's nice. Like, it doesn't really matter. Do we, do we care? Like, it's yeah. yeah. Any human can go in this bathroom. <laughs> yep. I remember years ago, there was a dance hall in Baltimore that was the same way. It was like two doors to enter. And it was just a long row of stalls and sinks. Uh, luckily, it was mm-hmm. a door was actually closed. You couldn't see through the stall. Um, but it was just, yep, anyone can use these bathrooms. <laughs> just da- We're still dancing. Go right back out. You don't yeah. need to have mm-hmm. your bathroom. Yeah. I want to circle back to what we were talking about with the Olympics and racing yeah. and things like that, which is really hormones. What do you say to people with such a limited idea about how much hormones one person should have versus another? Personally, I've looked into it and <laughs> I just don't think that, um, I don't think the science is perfect on it uh, enough for everybody to just like hold such a strong ground one way or the other (laughs) yeah i mean that's i think a lot of my like feelings on that are like the same way of like we can't figure out like there was a study done recently that was talking about how a lot of the barriers the thing in fitness that actually is the difference is access to training at a young age more more so than hormones it is access to equipment and training changes the game on how you will excel later or how you excel in a sport is actually just pure access and practice um, in a thing. And so I think it's very fascinating like when you have the Olympics. So the Olympics do have a very strict standard, which I think is the most strict of any of the sports that allow transgender athletes of like you have athletes that are not able to compete because they're like, I'm just naturally this. This is what my hormones are doing. And I think it's we give a lot of more credit sometimes to hormones and hormones. Mm -hmm. It's also right even for females and AFAB individuals that hormone cycle (laughs) They're changing depending on when you decide to yeah, test. For sure. Um, and also depending on when someone is in perimenopause is also completely going to change again that hormone structure. Um, and so you're kind of missing out on, I, I think it plays a little too much role in that, but it's like the quick grab of like, well, they've got this, so that's why they're able to blank. And it's like, no. <laughs> mm. um, it's a lot of, you know, and sh- a lot more of it goes into like when you look at your fast twitch and muscle fibers, like sure, you can just, you can kind of figure out what someone's going to excel at. But also there's been people who prove the that odds even wrong of you've got your endurance athletes that are short and you're like, that shouldn't make sense. 
Like usually it's your long-legged individuals and occasionally you'll get this short, really thick leg muscle endurance athlete. And you're like, that doesn't make sense to what we know, but you're right. correctly. There's and just like more to it than just one factor. There's so many different things that we probably aren't even aware of at this point, yeah. right? Like, I mean- And it's, it's all the biological factors, right? You have Michael Phelps, whose wingspan was so long that he could literally touch a wall before someone else going mm -hmm. pace. But we don't get upset about that factor happening. Or you've got, um, you know, but meanwhile, if you like to bring it to, kind of into race a little bit, Simone Biles is punished for her ability that she is just short enough and so strong that she can do tricks that no one else can do so they don't let her count those tricks. Mm -hmm. Like her, the bile, I think it's the bile, the, it's either the smoke or the bile, one of the tricks that she's able to do because she can literally get an extra turn in because she, sh see it, she is so short but also so muscular, no one else can do it. And so mm -hmm. they you can't get scored on that trick, which makes no sense. Um, you know, so she, yeah, <laughs> you've learned so much about the Olympics today. Right. <laughs> I had no but idea. You've got, like, you know, freaks of genetic anomalies. There's an ultra runner. Um, I forget his name, but he literally, um, he doesn't ever get lactic threshold. His lactic acid reaches oh my gosh. point and his body kind of reabsorbs it. So he could <gasps> run forever and they've tested and they put him in a lab and they're like, his lactic acid increases, and then when it reaches a per certain point, his body's like, all right, we'll just pull it back in. So he can literally run forever. That's amazing. <laughs> it's a, I was like, that's a great skill to have. Right? Um, <laughs> How do I train for that? Right? <laughs> um, but he's not, he's allowed to compete in ultra races. I mean, he doesn't win, the, he doesn't win every single race, but we don't limit that. So it's very interesting what we decide and don't decide our genetic factors, mm. genetic factors. Um, it's the same with ultra, like mar uh, with marathoners in the Olympics. And Jen and I have talked a lot about this of like, yeah, your hip and pelvic bone structure is going to change who is much better runner of that hamstring engagement where your your femur inserts into your hip bone is going to absolutely change who is a much better, more efficient runner. Just out mm -hmm. the bone structure is going to shape that. Yeah. You know, so I think, yeah, I think hormones creates this limitation that we're like, there's so many factors. We're not even beginning to touch um and see yeah yeah uh, it's very fun yeah well and it's also like i think there's a lot more intersex people born <laughs> than natural just naturally intersex than we yep. can count like it's i don't think it's um yeah, I, I, mean, yeah I, I don't think that's yeah. controversial no, ex, ex, uh, so many. Uh, you also see. I think the thing that always cracks me up when we bring up hormones is you have so many biologists that always enter the chat and go, "Yeah, so many of us are not XX and XY. Like most of the population, mm -hmm. not fit one of those two. There is a whole range of even before you get to intersex. That most people are not just XX or XY. Like they're like, there's a whole range that we don't even touch. You yeah. have. You know, it's it is also it's a very interesting like the cultural differences um because even in i believe national geographics did a study on a tribe that um there's so many born intersex that they don't they use uh neutral gender neutral terms until puberty to see which parts drop oh, wow because that is just and sometimes both happen and that's just fine but it's they don't like that is just the culture of the tribe and so it's this like there are so many more you know folks that are not cisgendered that we just don't right. know people don't even know for themselves um but even culturally like through the world i think there's been this very fun like a lot of a fun realization that there's more to the world than we thought um but it's also you have this culture right now of a lot of people being like well why is everyone out now and doing things now and it was like that didn't mm -hmm. be here we just <laughs> they didn't feel comfortable being like right 
That's what I think is so funny. Like, oh, like it's going to brainwash people or it's going to make more people, you know, I mean, I mean, if they were already and they wanted to, you know, but it's not like, it's just, yeah. yes. me reading a book uh, on running did not make me a better runner. <laughs> no, <Right>. me either. <laughs> really tried. Uh, That's for sure. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's, it's a very, you know, and I think it's, it's a very interesting in sports right now, you're waffling and you're seeing which sports are willing to accept mm-hmm. Not willing to accept is a very fascinating line, but it's we're teetering on that. I think there's like always that first step anytime something changes massively in the world of there is tolerance, which is that you know we're going to tolerate it. I don't want to talk about it, we'll allow it. Um, and there's more acceptance. And I think you know, in terms of sports and athletics and fitness, we're teetering more towards acceptance, more towards being like, yes, come in and be a part of this. Um, mm. so it's just being like. Fine, do your own thing, but over there, we don't want to see it. We don't want to be a part of it. Um, and now saying, what does acceptance look like? Um, and, you know, you're going to have more, you're going to have athletics that are accepting of it, and you're going to have some that are just aren't. Um, and it's a very interesting, you know, I think, continuous journey to see what folks do with that mm-hmm. as the things keep growing. And I think it's the more, the more conversations had about it, the more discussions that starts to be happening of just like, yeah, it's not, no one's, you know, we want to talk about advantages. We can talk about my, Michael Phelps' wingspan. Um, <laughs> could literally reach the end of the pool. Um, but, you know, they don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about, oh, well, someone's trying to win. Or just play a sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the issues is we've made playing a sport so privileged mm-hmm. that then there's there you know there's just become this like huge entitlement issue it's like you know so yeah where it's like not you know it's like not yep. fun it's not a game anymore you know it's like yeah. it's uh very much um not a vehicle for self improvement it's a vehicle mm-hmm. for you know a high competitive toxic atmosphere <laughs> yeah just to sum it up um <laughs> so, um i think like I mean, I feel like we covered so much. I feel like we were able to like, well, you were able to (laughs) help trainers, you know, listening, be more aware of certain terms. I became aware of new things. (laughs) Um, How important the language and, 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 and how, you know, just those few thoughts that you had about how to write things on a form and asking people how that can open up a greater conversation. And, you know, if you genuinely want people to feel safe, that starting with accepting language and, and, mm-hmm. you know, is very important. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's a lot in the language of like, and even the fitness, like we all have the like bikini body workouts and it was like finding, you know, it's navigating that of like, there's just a lot of that language out there, but it's also, if you reach to the language with fitness, if you're going towards that direction of, um, <laughs> special, <laughs> guest, <laughs> special guest, yeah. special guest cat. Um, but as you know, as fitness is also kind of going into this, you know, freeing ourselves from fat phobia, freeing ourselves from the diet culture of that opens up the conversations of, well, great, what do you want to do with your body? How do you want to move it? We're not worried about weight loss. That immediately starts to open up this category of fitness can be a lot of different things for people. And that makes people instantly feel more welcome when they go, oh, I can I can see myself because my goal is along these lines. Or my goal is, I just want to have fun in a gym and lift some weights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, mean, I, I love that. I think for so long, I mean, that is almost like, I mean, I do feel like I grew up in such a brainwashed way that in a capitalist, like very misogynistic, mm-hmm. like patriarchal way of thinking that, you know, the only goals that, that you would have would be to like lose weight or to look a certain way for other people's approval or validation or something. And so to, for, for the language and for the, the culture, I think to be shifting in this way is a it's amazing and really opens things up a lot for people that that would have felt totally, you know, turned off by the fitness industry and would have turned off from like even thinking that exercise was meant for them or health mm-hmm. or like trying to you know, find what, what just joy through movement, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's hard to feel really joyful when you feel like you're just trying to beat your body into submission. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. True. Yes. <laughs> wow. So we usually end our peach pit with a throwback. Ooh. I was curious yeah. what you were going to do for that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's usually always, a 90s. She always keeps it for yeah. me so that I'm surprised. <laughs> but um, I just want to know, like, is there a, um, a, like, a phenomenal figure in the history of, like, sport movement? For in the like for um you know gender neutral non-binary folks like is there someone out there that represents so it's not really it could be a throwback it could Ooh. be someone historically um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, bringing the hard question <laughs> <laughs> or someone now someone, someone just more that inspires you yeah who, who, I mean who I are think... your inspirations or <laughs> that you... in in any yeah. There's, there's so many. I mean, there's, uh, I, there's an account, um, and I have to make sure I get the name correct, that I love following um, that is called Decolonizing Fitness. Oh, yeah. yeah I follow been, that account. Yep, yeah. It has been just a game changer in Ilya Parker, uh, is their name, um, of just a inviting conversation. Like, they immediately, that account started starting conversations across gender boundaries, but also race and saying that we have to look at Pull, pull fitness back and see what it could be. Um, and I think it's such a fun perspective in Karen um, to look at things in that academic lens and to look at things and say, okay, what if we peel back the layers and invite people into conversations to see what we're missing? And I think I love this idea of that. I've always loved the idea of anyone that breaks structures or breaks foundations to say, do we have to keep this this way? Like we could not, we could just change the foundation and start something fresh and new. Um, and so I always respect individuals um, that are in that same way. Um, there is an account uh, that I also, a lifter that I love following who has journeyed uh, her way back to lifting. Her name is Laura Burrito. She has uh, burritos and ADHD is her account. Um, oh, cool. which is, <laughs> but it is fun because it's talking about neurodiversity and fitness and that individuals who are neurodiverse and ADHD. Um, and so, but it's also fun with her because she often gets asked or assumed that she is not binary transgender because she lifts. She's mm. like, oh, wow. I'm not. Um, but she's That's also so interesting. Um, but I love, I love, uh, following her first. She's got sassy hot takes. Um, <laughs> I like sassy hot takes. I love hot takes on the internet. Um, but it's also just that interesting perspective of looking at like, oh yeah, folks who are ADHD are going to get bored with a certain routine. Mm. So we look at, you know, brain space. So I, it's, I think a lot of like the folks, I, I think there's always lifters I followed and, you know, uh, Olympic athletes I've loved following their 
journeys. But I think for me, it's been fun watching the folks that are breaking the system and kind of breaking it apart are like that. That excites me to be like, yes, what else can, what else can we break? Um, <laughs> you know, to build it better, mm-hmm, like certain points, you just reach a barrier. Um, so those are all absolutely. types of folks to follow. Mm. Well, awesome. ama- yeah, That's amazing. Cool. I think I didn't get my throwback, but it's okay. That I'm was, mo- that was amazing. <laughs> we can, you can do two next time, Jen. <laughs> you can do two next time. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyways, um, I think, yeah, that, that is a wrap. I feel really like just informed and more comfortable, less, probably a little bit less clumsy <laughs> and, you know, I'm just, yeah, I just, I just feel like that helped me a lot. So thank you. Me too. Yeah, thank absolutely. you so much for sharing and for teaching us and, um, that's, uh, yeah. And thank you. I really liked yes. hearing what you had to say and um, learning more. Yeah. So where can people find you? Yes. Um, <laughs> you can find me on uh, Instagram on either. My personal one is R underscore Garmin. Uh, and then my other is Yes and Fit LLC um, are my Instagrams. Or I'm on uh, Facebook as Garmin, Garmin Fit. <laughs> I like to keep a variety of names. <laughs> in Richmond, Virginia, uh, most often found at Tequila and Deadlifts, which is a fun joke. Yep. Yeah. Sounds fun. <laughs> Two of my favorite things. Right? <laughs> right? Didn't they have like a hair Good salon name. in there too? We do have a hair salon and a massage Because it's, yeah. And the, the gym culture so is a thousand percent all about inviting people in and mixing your two that we can, you can have fun and be fit. Um, and so it is, it is a great space and is also financially inclusive of individuals. Um, so mm. all are encouraged to offer different rates for service workers, um, teachers, bartenders, et cetera which I think is nice. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you, Peach Pit. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at thinkfitbfit underscore podcast. And you'll find Meredith and I over there on the gram. And we are a network now. So Peach Pit is its own feed. Uh, Think Fit Be Fit is its own feed. And so is the Impact Your Fitness podcast. Um, So be sure to be... um, following the network on your favorite podcast platform. And of course, always great to hear from you guys. And I can't wait to publish this episode. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you're interested in further resources, check out the show notes or visit our website, thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. 